All right, it's Andy Mayo filling in for uh, Kirk Club, Menners, and uh, KMS Reddit, Red from Maine. They took the week off. Look, they've been going at a furious clip. They record about, you know, 60, sometimes up to 90 minutes every seven days. Uh, so they're taking a well-deserved break this week. I applaud them for that. Uh, and, you know, that's a valuable lesson that they learned from the Chris Clemmer School of Broadcasting. You don't want to get burnt out. You don't want to push yourself too hard. So they're taking the week off. So I told Menners, uh, don't tell anybody, but I'll record an episode and then you can just drop it. And that'll be my triumphant return. So on, on, on the topic of me, my favorite, uh, I'm not going to talk about myself too much. Except to acknowledge Steve Robinson fucking neutered me, all right? I should be called Ziggy because he just took my balls from me. Uh, That last phone call with KMS, one of the most embarrassing incidents of my life, totally deserved it. You can only be the little dog yipping away at the big dog before it fucking mauls you and rips your throat open. And that's, you know, I guess, I don't know if they mauled me, but they they came close to it. And I would have deserved it if they... If they had, uh, you know, if they had doxxed me, I'll do that. I'll do them the, 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 the fucking courtesy though. You know, my real name's Andy Morrison. Okay. Everybody that there's no secret. So you can't tell me anymore that I'm saying stuff that I wouldn't put my name to. My name's Andy Morrison. You can fucking Google me. I'm sure I'm the only one on the planet. You'll get a direct hit. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, I will say this though, a lesson out there to, to all the haters. I answered the fucking phone. If you are going to be a thorn in the side of KMS, you fucking answer the phone or you go away. So that's one thing no one can take from me. I, I at least always tried to play along and, and knew as much as I did not want to answer the phone that last time. You fucking answer it or, or knock it off. Because if you're going to be a thorn in their side, then from a content perspective and from a fairness perspective, pick up the goddamn phone. Okay. Or go away completely. You can't, can't have it both ways. Um, all right, let's get into this week. I didn't really take notes. This is gonna be this is gonna be quick. Uh, I, I I guess I could say I did take some notes, not as extensive as Menners in Red. Um, so Steve Robinson, look, I wish Steve nothing but the best. If I met Steve in, in real life, uh, I would say, hey, sorry for times that I went over the line and and was unfair to you uh, in some ways. Um, and one thing I don't think I've ever said before because i was always too busy taking shots at steve there's a lot to admire about steve robinson maybe not a lot but one thing steve robinson took a risk on kirk minahan okay when kirk left intercom those of us that were listening back then uh felt he got a raw deal which he did and he was seriously mistreated and they didn't didn't appreciate you know the the treasure of a broadcaster that they had uh but someone who did appreciate it was steve robinson and he appreciated it so much that he took a big professional risk and jumped on board with Kirk and he helped build KMS. You know, you may be like me and he, he wasn't your favorite uh, producer and perhaps you're happier like I am that Cullinane's in there and you think Cully's a better fit. But the fact is Steve fucking helped build the show, took a big risk, saw, you know, that Kirk, somebody that he would, that he wanted to work with and, you know, who amongst us wouldn't want to work with Kirk. So I did always, you know, admire Steve for that. He, he seems like a, uh, uh, pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of guy who wasn't afraid to roll the dice and and bet on himself and bet on Kirk. Um, And so, you know, nothing but the best to Steve. I hope he's, hope he's doing well. Um, I don't necessarily need to ever hear him on KMS again, but I hope he's doing well. So this week I like the Monday drops. Um, I think I'm with Kirk Thursday to Tuesday is a pretty big gap. So I'll take, take the show as soon as I can get it. So I do like the Monday drops. Uh, I like the blind Mike episodes right now, obviously, uh, between there's only Chris and Mike between the co-hosts or the co the guests on KMS. Uh, Mike, I think is far and away the best. Um, 
there was a caller this week who talked about how much Kirk has grown, and I agree with that caller. Uh, as a fan of Kirk, it 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 you know makes me happy in a corny way to hear him say like he's he's palling around with Bradford again, or even Jerry. As much shit as we all gave Jerry, and as much of a pussy Jerry is, and that he didn't have Kirk's back, they were friends. So you know, if you're the type of listener who you feel some personal affinity for Kirk, you do like to hear. Um, that he's he's mended those fences and he's he's got good relationships with some of his pals that got fucked up during the EEI stuff. So that's nice and that's all true. But I think it ha- I don't know how much it's I don't think it's really been talked about on the show is just how much Mike has also grown. I mean, we all a lot of people said it was a huge mistake of Mike to go away and go to to blind school or blind camp or whatever they were calling it. Um, but the results speak for themselves. There's a confidence there. I think you can tell that therapy's been great for Mike, but yeah, there's just, there's a confidence there that has been huge for the show. I mean, Mike riffs with Kirk in a way that Chris either, you know, can't do or won't do or whatever, you know, doesn't do. Um, and it's just, you know, this week, for example, the Marjorie Egan stuff where they were going back and forth and Mike translated uh, what Jim Browdy was really thinking. And he said, that's NPR talk for, you know, whatever Jim was thinking about Marjorie. Mike, Mike cracks me up a few times every episode. Uh, so I'm loving Mike. And again, you listen to these guys, you, 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 you obviously you're not friends with them. I'm not Kevin from Bristol, um, but you care. You certainly care about them. If, if, if people didn't care about them, they wouldn't be listening to the show. So as someone who, you know, you care about Mike, it's it's really nice to see um personally that he's that he's grown, but then but then just from a content perspective, I think that growth has also made Mike far and away Kirk's best co-host right now. Um on the topic of his other co-host, Chris, I like Chris a lot. I think Chris seems like a good guy. Um I've got some thoughts on his podcast that I'll get into, but I'll say this about Chris uh, whatever his last name is, Clemmer. Uh, it doesn't get enough attention or credit that Chris has done what every Minifan wishes they could do. After the Madawaska show, Kirk said he observed Chris just having a good time yucking it up at the show, and I'll never fucking forget because my jaw dropped. Kirk said, he seems like the kind of guy I could be friends with. Which, I've never heard him say that about any other fan. And then he brings him on. You know, he's brought on Tim and Canton. He's brought on Steve from Providence. He's had other guys, you know, call in and stuff like that. Nobody has ever gotten the invitation back multiple times, let alone Chris, who somehow... And again, yeah, Carabas was gone. But, you know, if Chris had come on and been an absolute total disaster, they wouldn't have brought him back. And I know there's a lot of Chris haters out there. I don't necessarily need Chris every week. I I would prefer a rotating uh, person on those Thursday shows or some combination of maybe Chris in with Mike sometimes and another person. Oh God. Oh, another person on, uh, on, on Thursdays. But, um, but overall I like Chris. What the fuck was my point? That burp was, there's some salsa or picante sauce technically and sour cream in that. And it threw me for a loop. The fuck? What was I saying? He's talking about Mike and Chris. Oh, but yeah, Chris carved himself a spot. So not only does Kirk seem to have some personal affection for the guy and actually said, I think I could be friends with him, but then Chris managed to get himself on there every single week, which for guys like me, I mean, 
yeah, anytime I shit on Chris, you you can go ahead and safely assume that it's it's ninety nine percent you know fueled by jealousy and envy uh, of the fact that this guy has carved out a role for himself on the show. Now, I'll say this about Chris's uh, endeavor, his project, uh, at a theater near me. When he talked about the premise on the show, I liked it. I thought, you know what? I could. That's the kind of thing where if somebody said to me, hey, I'm listening to this podcast. This fucking guy tries to see a movie every single day, and he has to see it in theaters. Um, you know, he can't stream it at home, whatever. I... I I could see, I could say, oh yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing where you're like, well, no one's, no one's made a podcast about that before. That's a good premise. I could even see, I could totally see like the Today Show or Good Morning America some morning when Chris on the last day is going to the movies, them doing a little like, oh, a New Hampshire man is about to see his 365th, you know, a fucking two minute thing. They love fluffy shit like that. But the, my point is, I thought it was a really strong, potentially interesting premise Chris has just fucked it up so badly. I've never, I can't think of any other example of somebody who, you hear that water running? Uh, on their own came up with what a, a, a solid premise, and then the, the creator, the originator of that premise, is also the only one incapable of interpreting what is special about that premise. Case in point, Concessions Month. Chris was aghast. He he couldn't believe that Kirk suggested it's concessions month. You should eat a concession every fucking day. Every day eat a concession. That is the premise of the show. Well, actually, no, 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 rewind. Go back to just the fact that he's not releasing an episode every day is fucking absurd. Okay? But that, that horse is out of the barn. That's gone. Then concessions month... He couldn't believe Kirk suggested he should eat, eat concessions every day. And Chris literally said, what am I going to do? Eat candy every day? It's like, Chris, yes, that's the whole fucking point of the podcast is that it's supposed to be absurdly difficult for you to do. But Chris, every step of the way, just tries to make it as easy on himself as possible. And I understand it's a marathon, so there's some aspect of you got to pace yourself or you're really not going to be able to do it, but it's supposed to be difficult. And every step of the way, Chris is finding a way to make it easy. This week, when he said he's not going to record while he's in New Orleans, I mean, Chris, we've got rovers crawling around on fucking Mars right now, beaming video image back to us, man. We have the technology, Chris. You can do it. And you know what, Chris? I think you know a few people in the broadcasting industry. I think you know a few people who know a thing or two about podcasting. Take their goddamn advice, man. Holy shit, I can't believe... You know, when he's got Dave Cullinane. Dave has had some good fucking ideas for Chris's podcast. And Chris dismisses it because he says Dave's not a movie guy. That makes no sense to me. That's like saying Kirk's criticism of sports radio is invalid because Kirk doesn't like sports radio. It doesn't work that way, Chris. You don't have to necessarily be a fan of something in order to have good ideas about the way that a show should be structured or, or the way that something might appeal to other people, even if it doesn't personally appeal to you. But holy shit, Chris. So, uh, again, personally, I like Chris. I did, you know, I DM'd him. Good luck with it. I DM'd him after the first episode to say, hey, good job. Um, but he lost me. He just completely, I, I just have zero interest in it anymore. Um, I also agree with Kirk. I think I think his takes are largely predictable. So even after, you know, I love, uh, I love Batman. I went to see uh, the movie as soon as it came out, just like Chris did. But I have no interest in listening to Chris's podcast about it because... Uh, uh, 
I just kind of already knew what he was going to say. He was going to say it's good, not great. Okay, and maybe that's how he really feels. But if you're able to predict it, it makes it less interesting. Also, I need someone to listen to it and confirm for me. I did tweet out what I guessed were Chris's rankings. And I believe they said that he had the Batman at number four, which is where I had it on my projected uh, uh, anticipation of what Chris's ranking of all the live action Batman movies would be. I thought he would rank it at number four. uh, And I figured he's got the three Nolan movies above it, but maybe one of the Keaton, probably the first uh, Michael Keaton one, maybe sneaks in there too in the top three. But um, so yeah, Chris, it's, it's, it's almost like... it's kind of he he's kind of like how i felt about blind mike in early kms where you're not saying hey you suck because you're worthless and hopeless and have no potential it's more like you're saying hey man you suck because you could be doing better but for some reason you can't get out of your own fucking way um but that said lovely guy uh great voice you know (laughs) i do give him i give him all the credit in the world though he's he's out there making it um He's putting the podcast out there, and and as much as I maybe disagree with the decision he's made, uh, decisions he's made, he's sticking by his guns and he's doing it his own way. So I guess he's you know he's learning something from Kirk, but he's he's certainly not Kirk. He he probably could do to to take some advice. Uh, you know, take some advice. Hold on, I'm looking at Twitter. Kirk just tweeted something about the intern. That's funny. It's uh, Friday afternoon right now. While exciting on the Brian game. <laughs> <laughs> little jack is tagging touch and rich oh is that a picture of little jack holy shit oh my god <laughs> little jack looks like every barefoot drunk fat uncle playing cornhole at the barbecue each summer but if they took that guy and put him through the like de niro de-aging process in the irishman that's what his profile picture looks like oh that's beautiful great job dave that's fucking great. Um, what else this week? Speaking of interns, I got a t- I got an intern Harrison take. I'm rolling now. All right. They should pay for intern Harrison to go down to Texas. Uh, it's not unreasonable of him to expect that. He's a fucking college student. Okay, his expenses should be covered if you got work for him to do down there. Um, they should they should cover it, but they shouldn't say the only transportation option we're willing to cover is if you're in the car with Justin and Mike. And that should be it. And if he doesn't want to do that, then he doesn't go. Um, I will say this. Uh, I know Manas likes to talk about Kirk's leadership ability. Uh, I want to talk about Cullinane's management uh, ability for a second. I could be wrong. There could be stuff going on behind the scenes I don't know about. It, it, there's certainly some precedent for me being wrong before. Okay. Um, but it struck me this, I think it was this week or last week, when Dave was saying, if I was Harrison, I'd be thinking of things for Minifans to do down there. Now, Dave, you're obviously not Harrison, but you know what? You're his boss, so you're you you practically are him in terms of what he does or doesn't do on behalf of the show. If Dave's not having conversations with Harrison about exactly what's expected of him, I mean, I don't want to get all Gary V on everybody, but expectations are the most important thing a boss can set for an employee. The most important thing. Cullinane, do not follow Kirk's lead. You said he's more than hands-off, which it seems like he is. You can't be that way, dude. You're not Kirk. If Kirk's going to be that way, it's on you to almost pick up the slack and be a little more hands-on with everybody else, okay? And speaking of which, same thing with the the drops this week. You know, 
Kirk said the drops are additive, so he'd like them in there, but it's not till a caller calls in and holds Cullinane's feet to the fire that Cullinane, to his credit, later in the week, starts incorporating the drops more and showing, if he puts a little effort in, that he can do it. Kirk, I don't think, was maybe ever going to say anything to Dave about the drops, even though it's a good addition to the show and it's something that should be happening. So Dave, you're working for a boss who's extremely hands-off. You need to make up for that by being more self-motivated and lighting the fire under your own ass instead of waiting for Kirk or a caller to come around and do it. Uh, And then that extends to Harrison too, man. You gotta give that poor kid some fucking clear directions. Like, you were way too hands-off with Justin and, you know, it's not like it cost you guys $29,000 or cost Kirk $29,000 or anything. Uh, so yeah, uh, Dave, DM me, you know, you know what I do for a living. I'll help you out. Okay. We'll, we'll do some fucking coaching. Actually, you know what I would do? I would direct you to mentors. Cause I did a mentorship mission, uh, <laughs> a mentorship session with mentors recently. And it was phenomenal. It was great. Um, the accent alone makes it worth it. I'll, I just, I can't get enough of mentors in his, his stupid little voice. Uh, what else did I have for this week? I don't know. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there. Um, I don't want to make light of mental health, okay? That's the last thing I would do. It's it's played a really important role in my life. Um, I would never make light of mental health. My wife is a mental health professional. She works in, for a nonprofit that, that helps save lives. I would never, ever, ever make light of mental health. But the guy who called in pretending to be Al Roker should fucking kill himself. All right. Lastly, Carabas. No, no, skip it. I don't even care. I do not care. I I like Chris better than Carabas. Carabas falls into the same boat where he was fine on the show. I did not need him every week. Same thing with Chris. I don't necessarily need... I'm not dying to hear him every week, but if he's there every week, that's great. That's fine. Carabas is gone. He's fucking rich. I always thought he was such a drip. The Rocket persona seems so douchey to me, but fuck. Good for him, man. Congratulations. That's another self-made guy, so good for him. Um, And then lastly, you know what? Let me give... I'm going to give a shout-out to a fan here, okay? I want to give kudos to Red from Maine. That guy has caught shit from Kirk. He's been doxxed. That guy has put up with a lot of stuff, and he just keeps coming back, and he keeps doing a fan show. You never see him try to leverage it. He's not trying to make a career in broadcasting and trying to use the Minifans in Kirk's audience as a, as a foothold, as so many others have done. The guy just keeps coming back and keeps doing fan shows, and he ends up in the mud sometimes, but I don't even think he necessarily wants to be there all the time. So kudos to Red, man. More than, more than other Minifans who have had an easier road of it, that fucking guy has demonstrated a, a, uh, an, you know, an insane commitment to the show. So I think he's, he's a mega fan. I don't think he's first to mind when people talk about great Mina fans. Obviously Tim and Canton is, is the greatest of all time. Uh, he's not, you know, necessarily my cup of tea, but he's, the guy just has never fucked up. He's never, I don't know if Kirk's ever been mad at him or maybe once he made fun of the way Kirk wipes. Maybe he got a little mad at him then, but, uh, but no red, red is, uh, you know, Red deserves some credit. He's a good fan. And he and he does a good job with Manners. That's a good show. I did enjoy VD on there with them. The hate between those two, uh, I won't go into it, but I think behind the scenes I've learned maybe runs a little deeper than I even was aware of. So maybe they just shouldn't do any shows together. But from a listener perspective, that was a great episode. Now, I wouldn't want him on there every week because you, you, you can't, you know, a train 
Trainwreck is great, but you don't want to watch it over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, Red and Manners do a good job. They're the best show right now. I tried Kirkin off the other day, and it was it was it was okay. Good good job by those guys, uh, whoever they are. I don't quite know who Montante is. I wasn't kidding this week. I for a while thought Montante and the above average guy were the same guy, but they're not. They're different people. So that's on me. Um, and then a shout out to, I saw TJ Hubbard come back this week. You got me back, uh, monkeying around. You got garbage munchkin, garbage munchkin. He came back. So that's great. I hope his mom's doing well. I like, <laughs> I like that guy. Um, I don't know whatever happened to Steve from Providence or Fez or sneakers. I don't know where those guys went. Um, Fez, you got to answer the fucking phone or go away. So maybe you have just gone away, but, uh, yeah, 